What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Robert Sykes, the Keto Savage, here for another podcast episode. I've got special guest Lionel on the line here. He is another natural competitive bodybuilder who just won his first pro show. So, Lionel, how you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Give a Give the listeners some insight as to who you are exactly. Like, what uh, you're a natural bodybuilder. How many? You, this this was the first year that you competed as a pro, correct? Yes, sir. And so I've won. been competing since 2009, and actually this year was the first um, first time I've ever competed as a natural um, pro bodybuilder. And last weekend, I actually won my first pro show in the NGA Federation. It's pretty fun. It's awesome. For those of you who don't know, Lionel earned his pro card status by beating me (laughs) in the 2014 WNBF natural (laughs) natural show. He's the one that beat me, and that's that's what awarded you that status, right? It was very very close, mind you. It was. It was. But it's cool that we're able to maintain that friendship and camaraderie. That's that's what natural bodybuilding is all about. Yeah, exactly. We haven't even stepped on stage together since. It's so weird. I know, man. I I know. I was hoping to make that happen this year, but I guess we'll have to shoot for next time. I've yeah, got a, you actually looked pretty good at your last show. But sorry, not the deviate. No, I appreciate it, man. I think we both looked looked on point for sure. Um, better every every year. That's that's the goal, right? Exactly. That, that is the goal. So, so tell us, tell us. Uh, just give us some basic background, like. How old are you? What what got you into bodybuilding in the first place? What was your motivation behind it? And then where do you see yourself going in the future? Um, right now I'm 31 years old. I've been lifting weights since about 17 years old. So, well, consistently since high school when I got my first gym membership. And, you know, when you first start out in lifting, there's a lot of trial and error that you kind of figure out. Be like, oh, okay, this works your shoulders, this works your chest, and this and that. And so I've been lifting consistently since that, so about 13, 14 years. Um, The reason I got into lifting is because of I was a big track and field head. And so I figured the stronger you are, the better you can run, faster you are. And I was also a sprinter, so I would lift in accordance to wanting to run faster and jump higher. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, I did college and and all that but the only thing that really stayed consistent was the weightlifting and then uh so i kept getting stronger physiques looking better and this and that and then we were me and my friend were going to do a bodybuilding show we ended up well my very first workout partner and we ended up not doing a show we just lifted we had no idea what we were doing and then my second workout partner um in college she's the one that was like oh you should do a bodybuilding show you know i've done a couple of them i'll help you out and i was like all right and me thinking like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, I figured everyone that competes has really good genetics. And um, so I did my first show as a novice NPC. It was the Iron Man in, 2000 and, in 2009. I won that class and missed the overall by one point. Um and then, uh, yeah, I've just been competing since. You know, I started competing in the Open, got fourth place, third place, fourth place, and this and that. And then someone told me about natural pro or natural bodybuilding. And so I signed up for doing a couple of those shows. And I think I've been bouncing between NPC and the NAMBF. And then found out that there's other organizations that are on the natural side, such as like the OCB, the NGA. You know, and this and that. So I started diving more into that. And then, yeah, just recently, two years ago, where you and I competed against each other is where, you know, one of us would have became the pro from winning that show. And now we're where we're at right now. (laughs) So how many have you done in total Um, now? I've probably done close to 12 shows in eight years. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't really done because I usually when I compete, I'll do a show or I'll, I'll do like two or three shows and then I'll take two years off. 
mm-hmm. and then repeat the process. Because, you know, there's people that diet and diet and diet and diet and diet, and they look the same from years of doing that versus, like, if you diet, figure out where you're at, take a break, not necessarily a break break, but to build and then compete again, you'd be like, whoa, yeah. look at all these changes that this person made versus, I think, like, you can't, you know? Yeah, I think that's a... Uh... I think it's hugely important, especially in natural bodybuilding. You know, I mean, how long was your prep this year, for instance? How My prep was I've been dieting since uh, November. I want to say the beginning of November, and I had a show last weekend. So was that like six so May, months? So close to seven months. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're dieting for seven months out of the year, that doesn't really give you much time to put on a whole lot of quality muscle, unless you take, you know, a couple of years off. Exactly. Even if you were on gear, right, just taking a couple, even a couple months off your off season, you're not going to really see much changes. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I stress to people like, hey, if you want to see progress, stop being in a deficit. Yep, absolutely. But, I don't know, some people learn the hard way. And it makes it makes the whole lifestyle of bodybuilding much more sustainable and enjoyable. You know, anyways, if you're doing a show every year, I mean, there's you sacrifice a lot during a prep, and if that's just your norm every year, year over year, I mean, there's like a lot of things, a lot of other aspects of life and training and, you know, lifestyle in general that you're going to be missing out on. Right. Hanging out with friends, birthday parties. You'll be known as that guy that's always dieting. Yeah. Yeah. There are there are better better alternatives for sure. Um, so what the, you know, like for me, I, I weighed the same this year. For these competitions as I did uh, for my competition that I competed against you in in 2014, did your weight change that much over these these two years, or were you pretty much stepping on stage at about the same weight? You know what's funny? The very first time I stepped on stage as a novice competitor, I weighed the same as I did at my first pro show. That's so my first, I was probably about 195, 196. When I competed last weekend, I weighed in at 196.9. And see, for someone like the untrained listener, they would assume that you haven't put on any muscle in that time. But uh, that's, that's definitely not the case. You know, you, your conditioning changes, your muscle maturity changes over that time. I mean, I don't know, people just assume that weight equals muscle. And they expect that if you're competing at the same weight, you haven't put on any gains. But it's uh, if you were to mm-hmm. see a side-by-side picture from your first novice show to what you looked like last weekend, you would definitely tell it's not the case. Actually, I might put that together and make a statement about that. That's a good idea. Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, I don't know, it's, it's always motivating for me to see, like, people that do a side-by-side from, you know, two different competitions where they weighed the same or very close to the same, but it's, you know, obvious, obvious differences. Um, yeah. like I competed at the same weight exactly. I stepped on stage both times at 161, but I've definitely put on oh. a lot of muscles since last show, you know. That's so crazy, right, that concept, though. Yeah, it is. It is mind blowing for sure. So give. So you said you were one ninety. What was it? One ninety six. Give uh, since correct. this is all audio and people can't see you. What What are your some some of your stats? Like you're a pretty tall guy. Um, I'm about five foot ten and a half. Um, my off season weight was consistently about two forty two. I was as high as two forty six, which is the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Um, yeah, I cut down to 196. Um, let's see, my stats. I haven't done any measurements nor body fat percentage uh, testing since college, which that was six years ago. Probably a little um, changed since then. Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Let's say, well, in college, I was consistently testing at like 2 to 4%, depending on the pinch test. Mm-hmm. Which with on the pinch test, you know, there's a discrepancy of plus or minus, I think five. Yeah. But I was That's also right. spoiled at at college because we had the dunk tank, mm-hmm. um, which you know you go underwater and they do the displacement to figure out your body fat. Um, since I was spoiled that in that regards, um, any other body fat testing other than the DEXA scan really means nothing to me, and so that's why I haven't really been. Um, Vigilant and getting my body fat test done. Um, other than that, 
Uh, what about some of your lifting stats? Like you're you're a hoss in the gym. I've seen your your videos deadlifting crazy amounts. What are what are your what are your main lifts there? Uh, my my deadlift is well, my squat is six hundred point eight. My my bench is four twenty four, and my deadlift is six fifty five. Um, I compete in the I compete in the USPA USPL um, federation in the US. Uh, I don't even remember the organizations. US USPA and um, the USAPL um, powerlifting federations, and I usually do that in my off season of bodybuilding, mm-hmm. just so my um, so, you know keeps me driving to become better and better. Stay competitive somehow um, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. What the, I like to take my body to the max. You like yeah, push your body to the max. I'm curious. You said you got up to 246, which is your heaviest. What uh, was it like? A particular reason you got that heavy, or was there any benefit to being that heavy? Was that a, a pro or a con? Ah, uh, there's no benefits to being heavy at all. <laughs> I, I see all these people that try to be like, "Oh, I'm on this bulk. I'm on this bulk," but your body only puts on so much muscle on at a at a time, especially being natural. Mm-hmm. So you see someone that go from like 220, drink all these weight gainer shakes, get up to like 235, and they think they've done something. Mm-hmm. But no, they just put on 15 pounds of fat. Yep. Maybe maybe 14 pounds of fat, maybe a pound of muscle. But yeah, I, I figured, I was like, oh, you know, I'm a uh, kind of like an ectomorph that kind of transformed to a mesomorph due to my weightlifting. So I kind of figured that I can't really put on weight as easy as most of these people so i kind of bulked, i kind of bulked up aggressively and i was like i'm not doing that again but i did feel strong yeah i mean i did uh what did i do i did something crazy. I, like one day i was squatting and i hit uh i think it was 570 for two and then i dropped set down to 315 for 21 and it just felt natural that's crazy man it I, that pretty much describes exactly what I did. I, I bulked up to two thirty one off season, and I mean I'm only five seven, <laughs> so two thirty is pretty pretty freaking big for me. Um, but I definitely agree with you. There's like a, def, a definite point of diminishing return in which any additional weight gain is is not benefiting the end goal of adding muscle. Exactly. Well, you look good with your clothes on. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the, like I had I had a big old fat face at two thirty. You know, I. I looked good with my clothes on until you saw my face or anything else, and I just looked unhealthy, you know? That's so much. I can't imagine you at 230. I know, man. I was, That's crazy. I was big. But I felt I felt powerful, though. Like, I felt like I walked through a wall, you know? But, and see, the crazy thing is yeah. I didn't even think or realize that I was fat or heavy, you know? Like, you get in this zone of bulking and, oh, I'm an off-season bodybuilder, and then like, I didn't even recognize the fact that I was heavy. And then after the fact, after I'd cut down, it's like, wow, I don't ever want to get there again, you know? Because it takes so long to cut down. Yeah, you have to, like... It's annoying. I think, and I kind of touched on this on another podcast, but, like, any any minuscule muscle gain that you get from that excess body fat is going to be wiped out when you have to cut from that high of body fat. Exactly. Versus, like, if you did a slow and steady cut. Mm-hmm. But if you're, like... 50 pounds over that's you're basically dieting for a year and how many people are going to diet for a year for a competition yeah exactly not many people and then you have to do like this aggressive cut and then you know you have to drop two pounds a week from you know on a 20 week cut it was done do you feel like you lost a significant amount of muscle with this this cut you you took over seven months a pretty pretty good while but you had several Mm -hmm. shows uh you had the two and you were you were dieting pretty pretty fast there at the end. I felt like. Yeah. Well, my coaches were like, "Lionel, you know, if we were to get you ready for the show, you know, you're gonna have to diet at an aggressive rate of two pounds a week." And I, in the back of my head, I'm like, "That's not that bad." And then they were like, "This is a really aggressive rate." So after like months and months and months of dieting, they were like, "Lionel, I'm so surprised that you averaged." two pounds a week for five months to get ready for this show. That's a lot. And I'm looking like, yeah, it was. <laughs> Mike. I remember looking I at pictures and 
I, I saw you and for a while there, like you were looking pretty soft because we were, we were doing the same show. So, you know, as a, as a, you know, another competitor, I'm like comparing myself and my conditioning to you and I'm seeing your pictures come up. I'm like, man, Lionel's looking pretty soft. I don't know if he's gonna be ready for the show. And then like, <laughs> it was, I don't know, one, one week I looked at a picture and it was just like a night and day transformation. It seemed like you were having a steady two pound decrease, I'm, I'm guessing, but I don't know. I, I could tell mm-hmm. a significant night and day difference and I don't know when that was exactly, but you started getting sharp really quick there towards the end. Yeah, uh, we didn't really we didn't change anything. Everything um, was just slight changes. Like he'll add, um, like he dropped my carbs by like twenty, you know, and I run that for like a month until I plateaued. He'll add like <clears throat> four minutes of cardio, and I've basically been on the same cardio schedule. For like two or three months like nothing's really changed what you, um, you do for cardio just, um i had a like three days out of the week i was doing sprints so the sprints were on the recumbent bike mm-hmm. and they were basically just 20 second sprints 40 second rests and that's one bout and i did 16 bouts of that and then i cooled down yeah, so that's... that was that was my cardio and then my uh slow my list was just walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes. Which do you prefer? Uh, neither, but um, <laughs> probably the the car- the treadmill. Well, the benefits of the HIIT cardio makes more sense, mm-hmm. um, but I would probably prefer the treadmill because I can just, you know, Zone I was out. listening to like, audio- yeah, well, I would, I would listen to like audio books and like read the Bible and stuff like that. Um, watch movies yeah. but with the hit I have to go as fast as I can you know can't talk to anyone yeah I, be I in the zone the, I, I used to do it on the bike man and I hated it you like I don't know it's just a whole other kind of burn even if it only My lasts like a much less time mm-hmm. but I, I didn't even do any hit this, this prep all I did was Stairmaster really? yeah I just did 20 minutes of Stairmaster and then I would just keep it on level 15 and that's all I did for any of my cardio this entire prep. So I, oh. I got in a lot of podcasts and YouTube videos and whatnot during that time. Oh, see, so yeah, it's more relaxing. Yeah. A lot more relaxing. So let's dive into, do uh, you, you have any other shows this year? Or is that, that the last of them? Uh, honestly, I think I'm in my off season now because yeah. I kind of messed up. I uh, pulled the trigger. A little too early, prematurely. On the food? And yeah, I over celebrated at my last after my last competition and continued to over celebrate. And let's just say I do not look pretty. What uh I really want to dive into this because this is something that I don't think it's talked about enough uh, amongst mm-hmm. you know competitors is the post show rebound and like I don't know, I've touched on it on my YouTube channel and my podcast, but I don't think it's really talked about enough. So, so you, you you stepped on stage at 196. What do you weigh now? 217. 217. It's been how long since then? Just a week tomorrow, right? Yes. So over 20 pounds in less than a week. It's crazy. <laughs> That's so bad. So I know <laughs> this is like an emotional subject. I mean, it has been for me for sure. Like just dive into the 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 you know. The weeds, man. Like, tell people, tell people what it's like. You know, since it's fresh on your mind now, like, tell people what it's like to diet for seven months and deprive yourself of all the things that you want to eat, and then have that like euphoric high when you win, and then you step off stage and there's no other competition in sight, and you just allow yourself to, you know, eat and eat and fill that that hole in your stomach. But then just talk about like the emotions, man. Like, get into the details. Okay, so I am a flexible dieter. So when I was prepping, I would like eat like pancakes. I had hash browns. I had like eggs. It's not like the traditional style of prepping like most people, most old school people do. So being in that mindset, all I'm thinking about is food. Oh, what can I do to fit my macros? What can I do to fit my macros? Okay, so that goes goes around. I'm prepping for seven months. I did one show earlier this year, uh, like a, a month ago, I got fourth place, right? And I'm super mad. 
And um, not I mean not mad. I'm just driven. Like I have to get first. You know, I'm a pro. I have to get look better and this and that. So the second show rolls around. We actually had four shows that were on schedule. On um, these two, another show, an IPE show in Auburn, Washington, on June 10, and the Sacramento Muscle Mayhem show. Mm-hmm. Well, after my second show, I won, and um, I was so happy. It was the best physique I've ever presented, you know, this and that. So I started eating, and like you said, foods that it was just like I actually had boundaries, but I kind of didn't pay attention to my coach. I confess, diet doc Jerry, my bad. Um, I kind of wish I didn't over-celebrate. So I over-celebrated and then um, ate more than I was intended. But I kept saying in the back of my head, like, oh, I'll make up for it. Oh, I'll make up for it. You know, tomorrow I'll just eat a lot less. Because I was trying to, you know, since we were – on a rate of losing one uh, two pounds a week, I was like, oh, I'll just eat a lot less on Sunday, you know, to compensate for junk food from Saturday. So I continued eating Saturday and Sunday. And I just keep eating, and I just can't stop. And I'm thinking, it's just like, my hormones are just like, you know, my left and is just like, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And so I kept feeding into that. And then pretty soon I just got into like this little like, depression because i felt like i just ruined my prep but actually i didn't because you can't really ruin your prep in one day but in the back of my head i'm like i'm so far behind you know um i might as well just like blah 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 you know and just continue next year but um just just felt down and then i lost motivation so going to the gym it was just hard to just lift because I wasn't as driven because I won my first pro show, which was like a dream of mine to win a pro show. And on top of that, it was like the best physique I've ever presented. And um, now it's been a couple days and I'm just like getting out of this little like funk of just feeling depressed and then building a better relationship with food. And so kind of yeah, started this little off season now I'm trying to get my macros back in order so I don't put on too much weight. Most people or most really good coaches will um, give you macros to transition out of your off-season or uh, out from competition prep, which my coach did, but I kind of didn't pay attention to that. Right. And now I put on 20 pounds in one week. Yeah. And that's why it's really important to – do a transition, um, reverse diet transition, so that you limit the amount of fat that you put on, because that's when your body's really primed to put on fat, and that's what Jerry like stressed to me, uh, stressed in my mind um, at the beginning of prep. But you know, not many people have the patience to uh, listen to that advice. And now <laughs> I put on 20 pounds, and I'm sure those 20 pounds, none of it's muscle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's water, I'm sure, but probably a lot of fat, too. Um, uh, most likely a lot more fat than water. So so what uh, – and, and the crazy thing is, like, that's that's kind of like the norm in this sport. You know, that's, like, not an exception to just you. Like, that's, that's more typical than not. Yeah, that's very – especially in the NPC. A lot of my friends, they do the – they'll do a show in the, in the spring, and then they'll put on 30 pounds, and then they'll do a show in the summer – then they'll put on 30 pounds. And then they'll do a show in the fall. Then they'll put on 30 pounds. It's like, you can't keep doing this yo-yo thing. It's very unhealthy. Yeah, and it screws but, your mind. I mean, like, it big time screws with your mind. Yeah. That's why I was like, yeah. That, that's part of the reason why I compete every few, uh, every couple of years. Because it's the re- it, it, a lot of it's mental, like you said. And so you still have to recover mentally, and then your body has to recover physically. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stress. So what what are your what were your macros like uh right there, you know, you know, like your last macros going into the show versus any rough est- estimate of what, what you've been eating since the show? Um my macros going into the show I was one seventy five carbs, forty five grams of fat, and two fifty for protein. 
Um, and then obviously that wasn't the case during peak week because peak week we were kind of filling my glycogen and filling me out and stuff. Did you do like a, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off there. We did a conservative peak week. So we slowly added carbs at the beginning of the week and and tapered them. Yeah. Nice. Nice. When, what, uh, so, so how many calories that total roughly? You said one. 45 calories yeah what's that total about 2300 2300 calories for you at 510 and 196 pounds um and then if you just had to guess since you probably haven't been tracking it during this celebratory feeding frenzy what would you just guesstimate your your you know intake of calories have been this this past week okay so um my coach calculated my my um, calories like maintaining and it would probably be about 3300 um lately i've probably been taking in close to 6000 so 6000 post show yeah it's a pretty pretty substantial increase for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um What's uh? Yeah. Do you have any like crazy meals that you've had in this week? Like just like mind-boggling amounts of food that that people don't even you know believe is possible to get down. Um, uh, this is not. I'm not bragging on this one at all. But um, one day I came home from work. This is my leptin hormone just screaming at me. I get home from work, right, and I was like, oh, I'll just have a pizza for dinner. So I go to Domino's and order a large pizza, come home, eat it. And then I finished two cinnamon rolls. And then I finished half a box of Oreos. And then I had um, some of this leftover chocolate Valentine's Day candy that I ate. And then uh, some peanut butter. And this is all. This is all from like 7 p.m. till about midnight. In case the listeners no. haven't figured it out, you are not ketogenic diet. <laughs> That's a lot of carbs yeah. right there. Yeah, and then I didn't realize what I ate until until the next morning. And I was Start like thinking about it. Oh. That's crazy. Did I really eat that much? Are you kidding me? It's oh, in- I'm not gonna feel good. It's insane how like you just do not get full when your hormones are so so far off track you know, immediately post-show. Like, you literally can eat and eat and eat and then just not feel satiated whatsoever. Nope. Oh, yeah, and I had rice and stew that night, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I was so done. That's insane, man. What What's your training been like? Like you said, you kind of lost motivation there, but since since you've gained it back a little bit, have you noticed any difference in the gym with that many calories uh-huh. and that much weight gain in such a short amount of time? Let's see. I haven't been powerlifting much lately. I've just been um, – because I kind of switched to my training due to, you know, being at the end of peak week, I was just focusing on muscle tension in the gym. Um, I mean, I could go heavy. I usually do go heavy. But um, towards – well, I want to say about a month ago, I felt like I was burning out my central nervous system. And, you know, that could be due to, like, doing too much volume and being in a – calorie deficit you know you're not really eating as much to recover so i felt like i was just very lethargic didn't want to move just felt just tired and so i switched on my training yeah so i switched on my training just been focusing on just squeezing the muscle putting the mo- uh, putting the muscle through a full range of motion and this and that which feels really really good and also saves the joints um I haven't really been lifting heavy at all. And then post-competition, um, I've been trying to get my motivation back. Um, I have just still been going with the tension. I might start going really, really heavy in the next week or so. Um, when I say heavy, it's just relative. So probably more reps of like fives and sixes. Mm-hmm. Um just to get my body used to it. And I've also switched up my training instead of breaking it down so much as to like, you know, back and buys, chest and tries and stuff like that. Um, I'm just going to do like one day push, one day pull, one day legs, and then repeat. 
Um, just to try something different. Mix it up a little bit. But yeah. my my um, my workout program that I did during prep, I actually wrote it up and just just sent it to my coach, and he just looked over it and said it's fine. But it was um, Monday I would do quads. Tuesday was back thickness and rear delts and traps. Um, the next day I would do chest and shoulders. Uh, the next day after that I would do um, hamstrings. And then after that would be back width and biceps. And then <clears throat> and then chest and, uh, chest and triceps. Man, I did not and hear then, calves anywhere in that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I did calves on Sundays. So it was calves and cardio. I saw your Facebook post about uh, doing training calves daily. Um, are you are you seriously yeah, gonna do that? Mm-hmm. I highly recommend I it, man. Like I, that's I've had small calves. You have small calves. I mean, we'll just be honest. We both have been cursed with small calves, either born with them or you're not. But definitely, the only yeah. thing I've ever found that's worked is training them every single day. Like I'll superset every lift I do, and I superset it with uh, like a set of calves, and that's that's worked what? really well. Oh. Yeah, I'm definitely because I heard that's what Arnold did. Yeah, like I think like he had small calves too. I think he like I don't know if this is rumor or not, but supposedly he cut the uh, legs off of all of his pants so that people would make fun of him more to keep him motivated to train calves every day, and he would train calves every day. So really, I haven't cut my pants to pieces, but I do train calves every day, and they have started to grow because of it. So I recommend it for sure. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I, yeah, I can't walk on the beach and people be like, dang, that guy's butt. Oh, look at this calf. <laughs> I know, what, I know. You not our lift. <laughs> I squat more than anyone at this beach. You're going to yeah. make fun of my calves. Well, you've got the quads. It's just the calves, you know. They're hard to grow, man. They're very hard to grow. Um. Yeah. So what was it like working with the diet doctors? I, I know you've you. Uh, this was the first time you've worked with them, right? Yeah. The diet docs are actually, it's a really great program because they do everything, um, everything's calculated Mm -hmm. um, by macros. And the funny thing is, um, Dr. K, he's the one that modernized the whole flexible dieting. But when I say that, he also hates where flexible dieting is right now Mm -hmm. in social media because he sees that people abuse the system. Mm-hmm. Right, people they'll be like, "Oh, I'm flexible dieting," but then they'll eat like a whole box of Oreos. Oh wait, hold on, I take that back. I'm shooting myself in the foot. They'll <laughs> eat like a whole thing of cereal, um, or like like they wouldn't even take into account anything about nutrition. Yeah. The thing about flexible dieting, you have to you know factor in your micronutrients too, not just you know your your main sources of carbs, fats, and proteins. And, um, yeah, if you utilize, um, your micronutrients, you'll actually have better training sessions. Your sleep is better and, you know, your body kind of needs that. And once your, uh, your macros get really low, you kind of want to rely on, uh, volume foods. Right. So that it'll help with your satiety. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just eat this cookie. And when you eat a cookie, that's like half your fat grams for the day. Yep. Half your carbs for the day, right? And no protein. But And I mean, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but flexible, I mean, you could, like, I, I do the ketogenic diet, but, I mean, flexible dieting is simply just um, having those goal macros and then just hitting those, um, you know, whichever way, like you said, with, with, you know, the intention of getting all your micronutrients as well as your macronutrients. But, I mean, I could be following a ketogenic protocol while incorporating flexible dieting as long as I'm manipulating the foods I'm eating to get those those ratios correct. Mm-hmm. Flexible dieting is basically just a, a specific form of calorie counting. Yeah, That's basically exactly. what it is. I think the general public, like you said, they just hear flexible dieting or they, they do hashtag, you know, if it fits your macros and they put a picture of, you know, ice cream and donuts and they think they're on the right track. Yeah, it's like no, that's not flexible dieting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's, that's what people. Yep, yep. You got to be healthy. I mean, there's no, 
there's no two ways to look at a donut and think that it's healthy. I mean, even if it's got the correct carbohydrate count for what your macronutrient goal is for that meal, that doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean it should be on the diet, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But I guess to each their own. I mean, it worked. Yeah. I don't. And then people wonder why they're not losing weight, but <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so you do competition prep as well for clients and then, I mean, your coach as well. So what, uh, mm-hmm. how's that going for you, man? Like, let's just talk business. Let's throw some business into this podcast. What's, uh, how long have you been doing that? What's, what's that like? And what do you enjoy? What have you learned? I, I've actually learned a lot. I'm actually a newer contest prep coach. I don't like to, um, follow the trend. So with my contest prepping, I don't, do much advertisement it's mostly just word of mouth um because I, I feel like a lot of contest prep coaches are do a lot of advertisement and then they also do a lot of copy and pasting i don't um i like to spend a lot more um i like to make my contest prep uh more customized to the individual so i'll probably have maybe about a handful of clients at a time Due to the amount of time it takes with each client, um, yeah, mostly just do online contest prepping. My very first client was actually her name is Rachel Holden, and I prepped her for her very first show, um, which was the Washington um, Natural NAMBF mm-hmm. um, back in April of 2015. She actually won her class and missed overall, I think, by like a couple points. Um, yeah, I've learned so much since then. Um, last year, I had three clients that did a show. This year, I'm prepping about five. So it's slowly increasing. But I'm not like trying to like blow up all of a sudden. Yeah. It's all just learning as I'm going. That's awesome, man. It's, it's pretty so, rewarding to and help people reach their goals for sure with the coaching. I mean, you learn the best way to learn is to teach, you know, I mean, obviously you want to be knowledgeable yourself before you try to teach. A lot of people do one show and then they, they say they're coaches, you know? Um, but it is a great learning strategy to be able to teach and coach as well. Exactly. So what is it like, like if, if they're, you know, your clients are all looking at you now as their coach and they're seeing you blow up 20 pounds in a week, I mean, what, what do you think they're thinking about that? Well, that's why I try to be as transparent as possible on social media. Mm-hmm. And that's why I um, tell people, hey, this is, this is actually what goes on in, um, in the fitness industry. You know, people lose weight and they'll put on this weight. But the thing about that is they'll hide it or they'll lie about it. And I try to tell people, hey, this is it. It is what it is. I actually messed up. I was supposed to reverse diet. I blew up. My hormones took control. You know, don't do that because this is really bad. I understand how bad it is for me to put on all this weight. Um, Let's see. Um, Yeah, I'll even tell them how, you know, how like sometimes the fitness industry can be very vain, you know, this and that. And they're like, oh, really? And then I give them an example. I was like, what I want you to do is not get caught up in a lot of this. Um, make sure you're bodybuilding and prepping on your own. I'm not trying to impress other people and try to get stuck on, oh, you know, it's politics this, politics that. You know, um, yeah, I just try to remind people that of that. Because if not, you know, you could easily fall into, oh, I'm on this person's team. I'm on that person's team. Oh, I'm definitely going to do good. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, and that's not. And it's, it's we're not in school. This is not like a fraternity sorority type deal. No, I, I completely but, agree, man. You got to do it for you and be motivated internally to do the best that you can. And there should really be no outside factors coming into play there. I think Mike has said it best um, when he, he he put a post on Facebook or something where he's like, you know, bodybuilding is a. Uh, it's an individual sport, you know. It's an offensive sport. There's no defense in bodybuilding. You got to go out there and you got to be the best you can be. And then, I mean, it's a subjective mm-hmm. sport. So as long as the judges are going to make their decision, they're going to make their opinion. But I mean, 
as long as you bring the best package that you can and you've done the best that you can on that day, then you've won, you know? Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. So what's, what's next for you, man? What's, what's the, what's next in the pipeline for Lionel? Um, so I was actually recruited on a powerlifting team while I was in the middle of my contest prep, which I found was very, very funny. Um, which is at a gym that's right down the street from my house. They were like, oh, you know, it was one of my friends that I went to school with that I'm also friends with on Facebook. And he was like, oh, this is my friend Lionel. You know, he, he squat benches and uh, deadlifts these numbers, blah, blah, blah. You know, he'd be a really good fit for our team. And I was like, oh, sweet. And so um, they put me on their team. I haven't lifted with them. I've only met them online. But I'm meaning to go check them out. But one of the guys on the team, he deadlifts like close to 800. Um, That's insane. Another guy, uh, his name is uh, Nathan Alexander. Um, he's really strong. And then another guy, um, basically me and him have similar numbers. I think his squat is slightly higher than mine. Um, but I, And I think my bench is slightly higher than his. But I think we deadlift the same. And then there's, uh, other, there's uh, a couple other people um, that lifts... Uh, like three times their body weight and a couple of women on, on the team too, which I haven't met. But um, yeah, I think I might do a couple of powerlifting meets depending on how my knee holds up and uh, a couple of business ideas. <clears throat> you had mentioned um, the, the, the cooking culinary business uh, outlet. What, what is, what does that entail exactly? Um, I can't say like, exactly what it is because then someone else is going to do the idea but it, it's um more of like a fitness um there's more like so what i've been doing when i'm prepping is um have all these like meals that people love or like like on facebook oh you should make me that oh you should make me that that's basically what my my um cooking culinary uh idea is going to be based off of let me use that and try to contest prep specifically not contest prep just people that want to find healthier choices in their food decisions Mm -hmm. so instead of having like you know like uh, a pizza for example maybe i'll make um cauliflower crust and then um make a pizza out of that and then make it more macro friendly if that makes sense. So instead of all that cheese and all that, you know, the fat that you get, it'll be a, a healthier option. Right. Kind of like Weight Watchers in a way. Yeah. No, it, it is pretty crazy how creative you get when you're in prep trying to, you know, squeeze the last macronutrient out of everything. And you, you can make some pretty, pretty creative meals for sure. Yeah. Especially you got limitations and you're like, oh, how could I do this? How could you do that? It's almost like Chopped on the Food Network channel. Oh, yeah. For like, sure. Oh, we get this together below the time limit. Was there any go-to meal that you had and you would like incorporate on a day-to-day basis throughout your prep? Pancakes. Pancakes, yeah. Not lie. Pancakes and oatmeal. Pancakes and oatmeal. What's your pancake recipe? Yeah. Or is that secret? Top, is that uh, top secret? No, it's not top secret. I use, um, I use different types of pancake mixes depending on what I'm craving. So I do have the P2, uh, P28 pancake mix of the strawberry and the uh, coconut chocolate. And then I've also used the Kodiak cakes and the Power Cakes um, by the Kodiak um, company. They're really good. I had the dark chocolate version, the crunchy peanut butter, and then um, the buttermilk one. I've also used Metrics or uh, the Metrics pancake mix mm-hmm. and also the um birch uh birch's uh what's the name it's birch's something pancake mix they all have different macros so if i wanted to incorporate a little bit more peanut butter into my pancake or a little bit more nuts i'll use one that has a lot less fat so like the metrics pancake mix has i think 2.5 grams of fat per serving versus something <laughs> like the crunchy peanut butter um kodiak cakes which has four grams 
of fat per serving. So they're all, they're all different. And um, I'll also throw in like either powdered peanut butter, low fat peanut butter, or um, fluff butter, peanut butter, and uh, either mix it into the batter or put it on as a spread and use different types of pro protein mixes too, which it makes it a lot, it, it gives it a stronger flavor. Right, mix it up. Um, it's crazy to hear you talk about all these low-fat options when I'm intaking like 350 grams of fat plus a day. Oh, that's so much. I got. Uh, I took oh. in 460 grams on the last day of that 4,000-calorie challenge, man. 460 grams of fat. Dude, that's like my whole week's worth. That's more than my whole week's worth. I know. <laughs> I know. It's pretty pretty wild. So wow. I don't I don't go for the PBT or the the uh, defatted peanut butter. I go for the full full fat version. I bet. <laughs> Dang. But I don't have the carbs, you know. I'm only getting trace carbs. Like my neck, my neck carbs are, you know, I try to get less than thirty a day right now. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, that's correct. A little give and give and take. Um, that's cool, man. Like I'm, I've seen all your posts and your pictures about the different food options you're making, and, and you're on. You got you got a skill for making some tasty looking meals for sure. So I think if you can incorporate that into some kind of business venture. It'd be worth your while for sure, especially if that's what you enjoy doing, you know. Oh yeah, you already know. <laughs> and who doesn't enjoy eating, right? Right. I think I enjoy eating a little too much. No, I, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> twenty twenty pounds in a week's not too much. Uh depending on how you look at it. If only it was all muscle. If only. If only. Um. Well, very cool, man. Very cool. Is there anything else you want to touch on? We've been on. We've been on here for about not quite an hour, but close. Um, any other key points you want want to throw out there? Um, I do want to say the biggest advice from this is saying this as a pro and saying this from a, a seasoned athlete that if you want to see it, um, you want to see progress. Make sure you're consistent. That's the biggest thing. A lot of people are like, I want to lose weight. You know, I want to. I want to drop weight, but they're not consistent with it. So you'll see someone go to the gym and they're like, oh, okay, I'll go to the gym twice a week. Well, that's that's good and all, but if you're only going twice a week and then you take a week off, you're not really going to see progress. Yeah. So that's my biggest advice, I want to say. It doesn't matter how many supp- how much supplements you're on. You, know, you don't need to be buying all this fancy stuff. But as long as you're consistent, you'll see better results than trying to find the fanciest fat burner. And you, you work at a supplement store, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's even saying it from yeah, so, a supplement store employee. So you probably get all kinds of people. I see a couple of your posts you know, on Facebook or like a rant every once in a while on Instagram where you'll talk about somebody that comes in wanting the quick fix and they'll ask you, you know, like just a just a stupid question that illustrates how, how short-sighted they are. They just want a, a quick fix fat burner for you know, to look great for that next weekend or something, you know? Yeah, and it's like, no, you can't just buy the fanciest. Like, yeah, people come in and be like, oh, okay, I want to spend $80 on this fat burner. Well, I want to buy the most expensive fat burner. I'm like, how's your diet? Oh, I don't want to eat. Uh, I don't want to change my diet. And I'm like, no, why are you buying this? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of speaks to the mentality that's, that's out there. Um, people don't want... Don't want to put in the work for the long term, but they want the results in the short term. You know, it's, it's unfortunate because I don't know the beauty of bodybuilding as a sport and the beauty of anything that's worth working towards and working hard on is, you know, that result, that outcome can be much more enjoyed and smiled upon after the work's been put in. You wouldn't look at it the same way if it was just given to you. Exactly. That's exactly. I like it, man. I like it. Well, Lionel, where, where can people go to find out more about you? Where can they follow your bodybuilding and the powerlifting journey? Or if they want to look up to you for some flexible dieting contest prep coaching, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Lionel Orgy, O-R-J-I. Or you can find me on Instagram at The Lionel's Den. Um, and I emphasize the because that's in my name. The Lionel's Den. 
Um, I have a YouTube channel, but I only have like two videos on there. Man, you um, gotta step up your YouTube game, man. I know. I, I for real though. Actually, that's a good idea. And yeah, the two main channels I use is Facebook and Instagram. Very nice. I'll put the links to both of those in the description here, so it makes it easy for people to find you. Um, yep. Awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, man. It's always a pleasure. Well, thank you. I appreciate you like asking me to do this. I've never done a podcast before. No, I definitely wanted to get you on. I think it's it's important that we end this podcast with one parting comment, which is we will meet on stage again, and next time I will beat you. <laughs> yeah, bring it. No, we have to meet on a pro stage. Hey, man, I'm all about it. I got to talk to you about the federations and stuff because I got my pro status at the first show I did, but... It's crazy, man. There's so many federations, and some honor others, and others don't. It's just like, if you're not careful, you can get yourself landlocked into one federation and not compete in others. Right? It's kind of ridiculous, honestly. Like, I don't, like, it's, it takes the fun out of it, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Anyways, that's that's a whole other podcast entirely there. <laughs> right. But my man, Lionel, I appreciate the time. We're signing off here. We'll be in touch. We will do. We'll have to do another podcast next time we compete, because that'd be cool. You know, kind of have like a, you know, if we're both taking, if we're both kind of on the same schedule now, which I think we are. If we're both taking about two years off in between shows, we'll, we'll just have to like do one of these, like during prep of the next show, and then after, or do one after we've both been on stage together, or something like that. I don't know. It'd be cool. We can do that. Well, I have, uh, due to my contract, I'm actually competing next year. Oh, really? For the WNBF. Or, yeah, I'm going to do uh, Muscle Mayhem. Well, I might just have to get my pro status and then go go get, get that crown from you. You can go earn it back. <laughs> yes, I like the drive. Shoot, yeah, man. Friendly yeah. competitive keeps it keeps us on our toes. For real. For real, though. All right, Lionel. Well, until next time, man, stay, stay motivated, train hard, own the food, don't let the food own you, and I will talk to you next time, brother. <laughs>